Everyone's a fruit and a nutcase. It keeps you going when you toss the cane up. Whatever you are doing, punting, canoeing, is nutritious and pretitious to judiciously be chewing. Happy Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Museum of Comedy podcast. This week's guest, presented by the Museum of Comedy and Robert Ross, is Bernard Cribbins. Hello, Mike. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Hello. Good afternoon. Well, it is afternoon. Isn't it's it? afternoon, but that's okay. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, really it's, bright, it's, it's dark it? in here, isn't it? It's very dark. Now, um, this this, this lovely audience here, Bernie, have just. What was the seen... question? Shush. Quiet. <laughs> Let me speak first. It's my show. Um, this lovely audience has just that's seen. It. I'm off in a minute because I can't stand <laughs> this. <laughs> An episode of your classic sketch show, Cribbins, from yes. 1969. I wish so. I'd seen it, because I'd forgotten all about it. Was it any good? Yes. Yes. Was it? Oh, good, thanks. You'll get the money later. <laughs> so how did that show come about? Um, I don't honestly know. Oh, OK. Next question. No, no, um, no. no I'd, I'd, I've been doing odds and sods with um, ATV and uh, commercial television. Um, and then uh, a great friend of mine, the guy who produced it, Alan Tarrant, uh, we got talking and said, what about a, a sketch show? And uh, I'd be very happy. I said, yeah, let's get on with it. And uh, I can't remember who was in there. Was yeah. this first series or first, second first series? First series, yes. Yeah. So Maddie Smith, Bob Todd. Maddie Smith! Mm. I know. I had a moment then, did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> we all did. <laughs> <laughs> she was lovely, Maddie. Still lovely. is. Carmel McSharry? She's in there too, yes. Yeah, yes. Carmel, yes. Bob Todd, of course, yes, yes. Bob told me some very funny stories about... He used to be a dairy farmer, you know. And he was sitting there, apparently, one morning, and he's doing this, <clears throat> feeling no pain, as usual, with Bob. And uh, his wife came in and shouted, Bob, or something, and the cow evacuated very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a new sheepskin jacket on, and apparently it all went down the back of his, inside his jacket. And uh, she wasn't very pleased because she'd bought it for his birthday or something. Yes. See, we load, load the tone already, Lou. A very silly story okay, okay. about no. Bob Todd and a load of... But you, but you, sh <laughs> you, you filmed those at uh, Thames. There was, a, there was an episode called Cribbins for the BBC in the early 60s. That's you know, right, there with, was, yes. With Peter Cushing and Hattie Jakes. Peter... Hattie Jakes, was she? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do, I do remember Peter mm. coming on mm. and doing, doing a bit. Mm. Um, because... Um, Unbeknownst to a lot of people, he didn't um, do so song and dance, and he absolutely loved it. He was a huge musical fan, which I found out when we were doing a film in Israel together, a film called She with Ursula Andress. Indeed. That's another funny moment. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was wonderful. Uh, I'm going to undo this a bit. She was wonderful. Uh, she, she was one of the boys. She was one of the nicest possible people. She was great. Yeah, for Hammer Films. Yes, Hammer And we're, we're going to talk about Peter Cushing, because obviously you did uh, the second Dalek film with him too, dun, when dun, he played dun, Doctor dun. Who. Yes. See, how, that took me five minutes to mention Doctor Who, that, for people who know me. <laughs> that's quite, quite a long time to a, wait. A, a silly thing that happened with the, the Dalek film with Peter, we, we hadn't met the Daleks up to this point, and it was a scene where we were coming across the rubble, get caught by the stormtroopers, and we marched up the ramp, and there's a Dalek coming down, now, the Dalek was the lead Dalek, this guy, and he was called Bob Jewell. He was Australian, and he's quite a short little fella, and he's inside, and he's peddling away, and he's got all the lines so we can do the scene together, but he had an Australian accent. <laughs> and at one point, he said, 
No, you're preempting me. At yeah. one point he said, you will be exterminated. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter and I started laughing <laughs> and we got such a bollocking from Gordon Fleming. Come on, you two, look at the bloody time. Come on, we'll never get it finished. But it was just this exterminated. <laughs> Funniest thing ever, it really was. Yeah, pedalling along. Because your, your career, we mentioned Gordon Fleming, he directed you in an episode of The Army Game before that, didn't he? My goodness, he did. So, I'd forgotten yeah, that. Yeah. It's a good thing you're here, uh, you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's why I get my Jaffa cake for this. My goodness. Um, <laughs> yes, he did, yes. What was I called? I was called something silly in that, wasn't I? Called? You always called something silly, aren't yes. you? Um, I forget what you were called. Now, you had one episode with uh, Bill Fraser and... Uh, yes, and all, all the lads. Uh, the Harry boys, Fowler. And Alfie Bass. Norman Rossington. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do remember that. No. But, you, but there's a lot of the, obviously you, you work with directors um, in early television, and they remember you years and years later, particularly for film. I mean, and they you, say, yes, he's cheap, but yeah, he's not yeah, bad, so we get him back. Yeah, doesn't does knock the furniture over. But, yeah, um, we'll, we'll go back to Doctor Who and Peter Cushion and everything else. But let's let's go back and back and back and back to, to your very beginnings in the business. Bernie. Go on then. So so you celebrated, I think, year before last, an anniversary in the biz. Is that right? Yes. How many years was 70 it? Seventy years. Seventy years. Man and Beast. Yeah, yeah I started as a girl of 14 in, <laughs> in uh, 1943. I'd done a couple of things during the war. There were things, I was from Oldham, Lancashire, right? And uh, during the war, there was a thing called Warships Week. And anybody who had a sort of a patronage of, a, a, you know, you'd adopted a warship or something. And we had a, I think it was a frigate called HMS Onslow. And during that week, they had a drama festival at the local theater. <clears throat> and I was in a little play. I think Noel Coward had written it. I can't quite remember. I wrote a story about him. Right? Yes. And uh, anyway, the producer, a beautiful, lovely man called Douglas Emery, spotted, I think, something in me, mm. got in touch with my parents. I was 12 at the time, and said, if any little boy's parts come up, would you mind if Bernard, you know. My dad had a chat with me, and I said, yeah. Um, and uh, I did two things while I was still at school. And I left school at 13 because I was 14 in the Christmas holidays and they said you needn't come back. You know, it was one of them. Yeah. They really loved my company, they really did. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, I was then offered a job on leaving school. And on the 4th of January, 1943, I became professional. Mm. Guess how much I was paid? <laughs> 15 shillings a week. A fortune. Yeah, 75 pence these days, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, where was Ken Livingston when you needed him? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, 15 bob a week, and I was doing a 70-hour week at 14. But um, yeah. wouldn't have missed it. I was what they call an ASM student, um, which meant you got there at 9 o'clock on the Monday morning. There was the new <coughs> play to produce. In Weekly Rep, it was killing, absolutely killing. Mm. So you, do, you set up the scenery, the furniture, clean it, polish it for that current show, dress rehearsal in the afternoon, show at night, following morning, read the next week's play, do a matinee of the current one and an evening, and Wednesday off in order to study the script, and then Thursday, act one, Friday, act two, Saturday, act three, and run it, the whole thing. Monday, start again with a new play. Well, that's, that's training, that's, 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 oh, that's boy. Yeah. Boy, you know, oh, learn, boy. You learn on the hoof. Killing. Do you, do you remember the, the very first play you did? The very first play I did when I was... What was it now? Wait a minute. Lavender Ladies, it was called. Okay. Yes, and I was a cheeky grocer's boy. 
and stole the notices. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And then Dear Octopus, we did that Dodie oh, Smith right, yeah. play, you know, which is quite a famous old thing. So obviously you were very young, but I mean, did you have heroes in, in the films or, or stage that you... Tarzan, or, I absolutely Tarzan. adored Johnny Weissmuller as Tarzan, because yep. I, I did a lot of swimming. I was a very good swimmer. And uh, I used to love watching Johnny Weissmuller swimming. And we used to copy his style of crawl, you know. Yes, yeah. but not comedy. Not, uh, no, it wasn't funny at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the, the, the chimpanzee was quite good. Stop, stop it, Bernie. Stop You've got it. a crocodile <laughs> up your backside and he said, comedy, no. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but no comedians of the time that you... That you um, yes, um, Buster Keaton I liked enormously. Uh -huh. Charlie Chaplin, sort of, but I, I thought Buster Keaton was the governor. Really, and Harold Lloyd, all that sort of yeah, yeah. heavy stunt work they used to do Absolutely. was quite yeah, yeah. unimaginable. Absolutely. I mean, no safety wires or anything. I mean, hanging 30 feet up. Do you want another take? Okay, yeah. Oh, boy. <coughs> boy, oh, boy. No, fearsome. Some of those old guys were really, they earned their money. Mm, and mm. they used to do, what, three films a week? They churned them out. Like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. non-stop. Yeah. Mm. You made a few in your time, but um, we'll yes, indeed, later, yeah, but, but not so. as many as Harold no, Lloyd no, and Buster Keaton. No. no, Buster Keaton, I think, was my favourite. I just loved the slowness of the man, yeah. and then he would suddenly surprise you. You know, it's almost like you've got to pick either Chaplin or, or Keaton to be on, yes, on that team, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Keaton is for me too. I, I mean, mean so. Keaton, that gag with the house falling round oh, his body, fantastic. That yeah. weighed two and a half tons or something. Yeah. That thing, it would have killed him eight times. Unbelievable. You know, you know the joke, don't you? It's basically there's one there's one cutout window, and this thing just falls. There's a whole gable of a house the with a cutout in the middle, and he's standing there, and the whole thing comes down solid, and he's in the middle, and the whole sort of falls around him like that. Quite astonishing. It's fantastic, actually. Yeah, yeah. a definite yeah. one-off. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you want another take? No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he broke his neck on one of the, one of the, the takes, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and just didn't, didn't find out for like 25 years later. There was a, that, there's a wonderful uh, thing that in, um, what's the film? The General, I think, mm. which is about the train, yeah. and... He is the fireman, right? So, so he's been, you know, wiping it down with an oily rag. And he sits on the driving rods at the side. And there's the big wheels and the rods in between. And you think he's going to go that way. And he not, he goes up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Kills me. Amazing. Wonderful. Amazing film. Yeah. So, um, your early films, uh, I think your first one was, was Yanks the Instant. Was that right? It was indeed, film? yes. Yes. And that's a very small part. It was. I only got that, actually, because... The guy who was playing the part originally, the film was running over and um, he had to leave to go and do another job. And I, I got the second half of the part, as it were, you know. Okay, okay. I learned a very great lesson on that. It was my first film, as you say. And I was playing the, the rating who was reading the, the depth, the Aztec counting, you know. Yeah. And he's sitting there saying three fathoms four fathoms and I'm covered in sweat and olive oil and all grease in hot and um, it gets more and more tense and the camera is coming in like that tighter and tighter when it gets to two fathoms he's right in here and Gil Taylor who was the lighting cameraman was the kindest possible person saw that I knew nothing about films and came up and very quietly said to me this next shot we're going to be very close on your eyes and they'll be about this big on the screen so whatever you do don't blink and i said what he said yeah if you blink they'll be like two bloody condors <laughs> taking off 
but I mean, you know, it couldn't be a better description, <laughs> yeah. could it? Good advice. Yeah. Yes, it made me laugh when I saw it because I remembered Guild telling me that, you know. Yeah. And you were in the very last, before they revived themselves, the last evening comedy, Davy, with Harry Seacombe. With Harry, yes. Yes, that was fun. Yes, that was the first time I'd really met Harry. He's a lovely man, very funny man. I did a TV show with Harry, um, one of his spectaculars, and... Uh, Hello, Bernard. Ah, that's very something. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and we were going to. I'd, I'd been in makeup, and I was coming out of makeup. And Harry, I was about eleven stone in those days, and Harry was coming down the corridor, and he was in his pomp then, because he'd been a PTI in the army. He was a big chunky lump, you know. And we did one of them <laughs> in this corridor. He did no more, but he grabbed me by the throat and the crutch and he pressed me above his head. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding, he put me above his head with a lot of effort and then put me down, all right, Jim, and then he's gone. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Funny, funny man. Yeah. I mean, we should talk about, we've been listening to the, uh, your, your records from, from, uh, from the early 60s and you, you, you'd uh, had hit records, obviously. I mean, people, people sometimes forget how many you had, but um, how, did, how did that come about? How did that sort of pop career come about? Um, that came from a show as well. I was doing a review at the Fortune Theatre mm -hmm. uh, called And Another Thing. And we had Lionel Blair and Joyce Blair's sister, God bless her. Um, Anton Rogers was in it. He's away as well. We're all up there. You're listening, girls. <laughs> yes. um, and I had a number called Folk Song, which was uh, a yokel in love. And I had a big daisy. And the petals used to come out to, upon the Monday morning, oh, the rain, it was raining, all this going on. And the last one, I think, no, the Friday, I think I'd put a dart at the bottom. So I'd been throwing them around like that and go, and it sticks in the table or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, George Martin, who was then A&R man with uh, Parlophone, he was coming around all the musical shows to see if he could record anything from the play or the, whatever it was. And he decided to make a record of folk song and a little love ditty I did with Joycey. Mm -hmm. We did that. Um, it was published, out it went, and it sold 25,000 in two weeks or something. And EMI, Parlophone, said, hello, what's going on here? You know, just a minute, can we have another one, please? Mm -hmm. So the two guys who'd written it, Ted Dix and Miles Rudge, they're up there as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wrote Hole in the Ground, which went clunk into the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. No. That was Noel Coward's favourite too, that one. He picked it for Desert Island Discs, is that right? Is uh, yes, I think he was Desert doing Island Desert Island yeah. Discs and at the end of it, Roy Pl he'd chosen it throughout and at the end of it, um, Roy Plumley said, which one would you take if you could only have one? He said, I would take Mr Cribbins singing Hole in the Ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh really? Why is that? He said, I could translate it into French as I walk up and down the beach. <laughs> And you know what? I, I, I never met the gentleman, and I would love to have had a little chat with him about it. And I thought of it this very day, coming through Parliament Square just now, um, and I was driving up to town one day, I got to Parliament Square and it was jammed, and I'm sitting there, and a limo comes in here, and there, that far away, is Noel Coward, looking like a little old Chinese Mandarin, because he was quite near the end, and he was a very yeah. old gentleman. Yeah. And I wanted to rush out and say, it's me, I did hold in the ground. <laughs> yes, of course you did, go away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Would fantastic. have been wonderful yeah, to have had a chat with him. Yeah. But a friend of mine was playing piano for him at the time. And 
where was it now? The Savoy. Mm -hmm. Peter Greenwell was playing piano for him for his cabaret and um, he said, I'm fed up with you, the master keeps playing that record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you were passed across at some point um, back in the 60s when you no, were. No, never. No, no, no. No, no, that's a shame. No. Actually. I had the greatest regard for him because as a writer, I, I've got in which we serve on, you know, record at home. I mean, beautiful film. Absolutely, yeah. Stunning yeah. film. Yeah. Tear yeah. Joker. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he wrote, uh, I did one of his plays, Happy Breed, mm -hmm. I did in rep, and some of the stuff in that, absolute killer. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't cry, you're made of wood. Well, really sort of, are. I always say this about Bernie now, because I, I think it's in his contracts that he makes me cry every time he does anything at all on television. That's only when you see the prices. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're still being paid four bob a show or something. No, but I mean, because uh, recently uh, you've been doing... Um, uh, Old Jack's Boats, oh, wow. which is which is yes. a children's show, which is beautiful. Have you seen made it, anyone? Show. Yeah. You have. Yeah. Have you got children? Anybody watches it? It's a it's a thing um, for sea babies, and it's me as an old fisherman uh, with a dog, um, which is called Salty, and I come onto my boat and I I usually meet with some of the people in the village. They remind me of something, I don't know, a dustbin or whatever it might be. And when I get back to the boat, I sit and looking straight into the camera, tell a story about it. And when we were discussing it, I said to my producer, Dominic, I said, if we can get the storytelling to be as like Jack and Ori as yeah. possible, yeah. because that always worked, you know. It was uh, one of the best things the BBC ever did. Absolutely. And, and you uh, hold the, the record for it. World record, yes. 114, <laughs> yes. But I mean, absolutely. A lovely job. Mm. And if you were between major jobs, you know, a wonderful little filler. Yeah. And you knew you were going to get a whole week of exposure on your own. And I was very lucky because I had lovely stories. Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz and all sorts of wonderful stuff to do. Yeah. They were great. Well, my sister's in the audience and I can tell you for both of us to watch you and Kenneth Williams and Arthur Lowe and yes. Lee Rushton, the, the yeah. best storytellers in the business, Prince really. Charles. You know? yeah, he got in there, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do no, my stories about the, the old man of Loch Nagar. <laughs> yes. And he'd written it as well, so he must have been on a, he must have been on a few quid. <laughs> what? Well, they should bring it back. Shouldn't they bring it back? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a timeless format, isn't it? I mean, it's just... just I think they tried to bring it back mm. a little while ago mm. and uh, I did talk to the... I went to the... <clears throat> Well, the beginning of it, I suppose, yeah. And I asked the producer what it cost, and he told me. I won't tell you, but honest, I said, you are kidding. They had, who was it? Um, ooh, I can't remember. John, John Sessions did one, mm -hmm. and Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley, did the other. Right. Uh, it, it didn't take off, I don't know why, but uh, it should have done. But it's proven with old Jack's boat that it still works, that storytelling Absolutely. idea yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of engaging with one child through the lens mm, mm. and therefore everybody who's watching it is special. You know? And we'll talk about your other children's stuff, but we mentioned uh, in the room last year you got the J.M. Barry Award for <clears throat> a lifetime's work. I can't even lift it. It's a great it? big lump of glass. <laughs> is it huge? Yes. Yeah. It's a good burglar stopper, I'll tell you. <laughs> What's it for, for, for contribution to children's art or something, isn't it's, it? Yeah, action for children's art. Yes, is the, yes. Yeah, yeah, which is an amazing thing, I mean, because, you know, you are the voice of our childhood, really. So. And David Wood, you know, the actor and, and writer and everything, he's mm. in charge of it all, and he's done a terrific job with mm. it. You know. And the number of awards that day, there was Northern Dance Company and all sorts of people were being awarded stuff for, for entertaining children or engaging children in... You know, theatricals of any mm. sort, you know, mm. lovely. 
I suppose we talk about children's TV, we've got to mention the Wombles. Yes. Because we all love the Wombles. Yes. And, uh, I was in the crossword yesterday <laughs> in the Telegraph. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Narrator of the Wombles, yes. Yes. Did you get Narrator. it right? Uh, I got, I, yeah, I did. It worked. No, no, no. What it was was it, it's um, the name of the character that, that Bernard Cribbins, the narrator of the Wombles, played in the Railway Children. It oh, was okay. One of them. Okay. Yes. So that yes. really, I had to work that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that that came back as well, didn't it? A, a while ago, the Wombles and, and um, with other voices and stuff, which wasn't the same. No, no it's um, it's in the process of being made. Oh, is it? I okay. Believe. Yes. Okay. Yes. So have you got an MP that's? Um, Sympathetic, write to him and just say that I've got to do them all again. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. Well, the thing that, that touched my heart when they did the, the Peter Kay's um, uh, For Children in Need um, All Stars puppet band thing, you're the one, wasn't that on you? You do like one line, I think, in, in that. I can't remember. Well, you're credited, Bernard. I mean, oh, right? I, hope you, I hope they paid well. They gave you the charity, but so uh, yeah. Must, I must have blinked that day. Yeah, yeah they, they got all the voices back to do the original characters. Ah, I see. It's one off yes. thing. I see Michael Paley's just done The Clangers. Doing The Clangers, I'm indeed. looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Apparently William Shatner's doing the American version and Mike's done the English version. Yeah. Oh, well, we so, won't watch that yeah, here. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep the English version. Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're jumping about here. Is that it? We finished? No, 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 we've, no, we've, we've only just begun. Um, <clears throat> but I want to talk about some of your um, comedy films and, and my favourites, particularly the two you made with Peter Sellers. Yeah. Um, Two-Way Stretch and The Wrong Arm of the Law. Uh, I think they're probably two of the funniest films ever made in this country. So, mm. right, thank you. One fan out there. Um, so, do you remember uh, anything about uh, working with, with Peter Sellers and those two? Um, oddly enough, I'm going to be talking about working with Peter quite soon um, and I don't think I'd met him before the first day of filming mm. and it was at Shepperton Studios we were doing two-way stretch and the, the the most strange thing about that film was we started on the first page of the script and we went on chronologically for about 10 days oh, right. okay. which is totally unusual mm. because we were in the cell there was Peter um, Lionel Jeffries was, was the warder, David Lodge and myself were the other two prisoners. Yeah. Uh, and just this little sort of happening going on, little family in there with Peter as the lazy one, me as the runabout and David doing all the washing up and all that, you know. And George Woodbridge was the kindly warder, mm -hmm. as you know, opposed to the other one. Uh, and we went along, literally, just over a week, ten days or something, just from day to day to day to day, which was... To establish the characters was wonderful, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. normally you start as you die at the end of the film, and then you go, you know, whatever. <laughs> he doesn't die at the end. It's not. It's not, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's wonderful. another film. But, and, um, in, and someone was talking about um, Peter and what was he like and all that. Mm. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, one of the lads at the time. And he hadn't then become Cluso and gone. No, I was going to say totally I, I, mad. That 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 pre-Cluso British film period of his is, is for me his best work because he seems yes. so relaxed and, yeah. and, and and brilliant. And a good character yeah. actor. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought his best one that I did with him. I did what two was um, what was he called? The other one. Wrong, Wrong arm. arm. Wrong yeah. arm. The law. Yeah. Um, and he was playing this um, Cockney geezer who's got a salon with all the models and everything. But every so often he switched from Cockney to French, and you couldn't see the join anywhere. Mm. He was saying, "What are you You know, absolutely seamless, brilliant, lovely performance. Yeah, yeah. And I did a scene with him in the back of my Rolls Royce, um, and we tried to get that that shot. 
I, it was an extended day. We'd done the normal day and we were going on for another two hours in the evening to get this shot. Me arriving in my Rolls Royce, put my head out of the car like that. He's coming out and my two heavies pick him up and walk him towards the car. And the first take, Peter said, pull your head in, looks like a cattle truck. <laughs> and that's it, we started giggling. An hour and a half later, we still hadn't got it because we couldn't do it. I giggled, yeah. the cameraman giggled, Barry Keegan fell about, Arthur Mullard was the other one, he started. You know, and all the money was there saying, now come along, come along. Anyway, we got it. Um, and they were in the car, we do the two shot, and then the director, uh, Owen. Cliff Owen. Cliff Owen, that's right, I was gonna say Bob Owen then. Um, Cliff Owen um, turned around and did Peter's close up, and I'm sitting here and Peter's there, we're doing this, and I thought, oh, not very good, not very good, not very good at all, until I saw it on camera, I mean on the screen. <clears throat> and he was working particularly for that and the camera. Mm. I mean, I was there and I was being, you know, talked to and everything else, but the concentration was all going in there and that was just pure, beautiful technique, mm. Mm. absolutely stunning technique. Mm. Yeah. And then when we got his close up, Cliff Owen said, I'm sorry, we can't do yours right now. He said, Peter's got another call in the morning, got to finish him up. So we did that, and I did my close-up two and a half weeks later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I got to sit and watch it all and try and pick it, pick up the atmosphere and everything, you know. Can't see the joint. That's filming, yeah. I mean, yeah, you course, know. Yeah. It you, still worked, it was all right. It's a brilliant film. Now, you, you play an Irish uh, sort of gangster called Nervous So Tall. That's right, yeah. Which is... Uh, <laughs> but, you, but you and Sellers together in those scenes are just magnetic. They're so, so good. I love yeah. it. I love those two films. Well, now, how about Lionel Jeffrey? Because obviously Lionel Jeffrey's loomed large in your legends later on, didn't he? Lionel, um, um, most eccentric gentleman. Um, I was talking about him earlier, actually. Uh, he, it was to um, me, I didn't. No, not no, with no. you. No, no, with someone else. Yes. Um, and uh, he, he became a great friend. Um, and uh, we had a lot of laughs. And he, he lived in Beaconsfield at the time, I think. And uh, <clears throat> whenever he was working, he always had parties. And I remember being at several parties there and getting absolutely ratted. <laughs> Stanley Holloway, I met there. Okay. Dick Van Dyke, who was in a corner feeling no pain. <laughs> um, none of us were feeling much pain, I'll tell you. Roald Dahl, I met there, because he was a neighbour. Okay. I mean, the people that used to turn Just up at, at Lionel's house. Yeah, amazing. And I, I was teaching Lionel a, a bit of a stump punch. <laughs> We'd had a few, as you could gather, you know. <laughs> and we're standing there, and I was saying, all right, like, this, is, this is the way. You've got to just bring it out like that, you see. And as you get to the end of it, you go, and, and smack. Oh, that's terrific. I can do that, darling. Just, just show me once more. I said, get up, watch it. You see, and it stops there. He tried it with his son, and he hit his son straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, darling, I'm sorry. Oh, daddy, oh, daddy. <laughs> It was a big lump, Lionel, too. <laughs> no, we oh, had lots gosh. and lots of fun. Yes. He bought me a terrible old rickety chair when I was doing some film, and he was working with... Um, uh, yes, I can't remember the other guy's name. My, my mind's gone today. It's the drink, you know. Lack of it. No, no, um, and, uh, and he came on our set, and he said, where's your chair with your name on it? I said, I haven't got one. You haven't got a chair. You, he hasn't got. He hasn't got. 
you know, you're a star, you should have a chair. And he bought me the most terrible old second-hand armchair and had it presented to me with my name chalked on it. <laughs> what a beast. Oh, so life was great fun. He used to ring me at least twice a month, usually late at night when he'd had a jar. Mm. Hello, darling. <laughs> Lie here. Uh, I just saw it with a What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and literally, I, I'd just do that with the phone. I know. And Jill would go, I'll put it in the oven again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just oh, nattering on. Nice. No, great, yeah. great chap. Yeah. Have you seen those two films recently at all? No, no I haven't. No. No, no. no. no not for a long time. They're, they're... I'm sure they hold up very should, well. Should, should be a sort of DVD release or some or Blu-ray release now, actually. But, um, yeah, they're, they're fabulous. And, of course, Lionel went on to direct... Uh, the Railway Children, yes. of course, which was, and a few other things, and a few as other well, things, yes. Wumbling Free, and, uh, yes. and and the Water Babies. You did the Water well. Babies. With, I did with him, yes. And you and James Mason. James Mason. Mm. James Mason gave us a terrible fright one morning. Um, he was playing Mr. Grimes, the chimney sweep, and I was his sidekick, and um, Masterman, the sidekick. And there was James using his natural uh, Yorkshire accent because he was where from Huddersfield, I think, exactly. wasn't he? Yeah. Um, anyway, he's on a donkey. And it's like 7.30 in the morning, we've just kicked off. Um, and he's on this donkey, and he's riding away down a hill, and I'm walking behind with the dog. And the donkey's sort of just plodding along down the hill, camera, okay, action, off you go. And, he's, and very slowly, he slid off the side of it and went kadoomph on the floor. Cut! Yes, everybody, first aid, worthy. And he's on the floor, and like this, and doing this. He was wetting himself with laughter because he'd fallen <laughs> off. Lionel was having a fit. There was his star of the film, like having a, on the floor a seizure or whatever. He was just wetting himself. It was so funny. Anyway, we tidied him up, put him back on top, and off we went. Yeah. Oh, God. He was great fun, James. Lovely. I got a lovely letter, which I still have, which uh, he sent me afterwards saying how nice it was and what a pity our association didn't carry on for a while longer. <laughs> It was a strange one because it's a really good film, The Water Babies, but didn't do particularly well at the box office for some reason. No, it reason. didn't, no, no. It was, um, it was sort of riding on the back of railway children a, a bit and mm. uh, didn't have the same content uh, or immediate grab, you know. Some films are just touched with magic, aren't they? And yeah. Railway Children is one of those, yeah. certainly, that just will never go away, that film. No. Thankfully. Uh, that was, that was a, a nice one to make, too. I got into trouble on that one, actually, because I, we were living at a place called the Devonshire Arms, which was up on the River Wharf, about 10, 12 miles from where we were filming. Mm. And I used to finish the day's work, go back, have a drink, and then get the fishing rod out and walk across a field and start just have half an hour fishing for trout. And I'd been doing it for about five or six days and found out I was poaching. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had told me, you see. And so, have you got a ticket, lad? Sorry, what? <laughs> ticket? No. Oh, oh, well, in that case, yes. Yes, I could have been in serious trouble. <laughs> they shoot him up there, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I found him portrait, so I shot him. <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> and was Lionel Jeffries, did he cast you in that, or was that...? Was that yes, he yeah, did, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, he did. Um, he rang me and said, you know, I'm doing this thing, how do you fancy it? I said, well, I'll have a look at it. Yeah, fine. Off we went, yeah. yeah brilliant. Uh, yeah. uh, the year after that, I mean, we're, we're just, I'm just gambling around in all sorts of bits of Bernie's career here, but the year after that you made a film with, of all people, Alfred Hitchcock, yes. Frenzy, which is a, a brilliant yes. film too. How was well, that, to work with him? 
It was great fun, actually. I did, you know, we didn't have an, an awful lot to do in it. Um, I was playing the landlord of this pub in Covent Garden, mm -hmm. and um, I, I was interviewed by Mr. Hitchcock at some place in Piccadilly, number one Piccadilly, I think it was, and he's sitting behind a desk, and I went in to talk about it. And I think I got the job because of the railway children. How, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? You know, one's a nice man, the other one's a villain. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I got it, and uh, he was odd to watch him working, you know, watching directors work. At one point, um, Anna Massey and I had to come from the back of the pub, walk there towards um, Hitchcock, who was sitting there, and the camera was there picking us up, and then it took us upstairs and then finished off upstairs. He didn't actually see the scene finish, but he's sitting there. He, he watched us come out, and we are nattering away, doing the things. Up we go. All right. Cut! When he got to the top, end of dialogue. And he said, camera. Fine, sir, thank you. Yes, okay. Sound. Very good, Mr. Hitchcock. Yes. Lighting, no, no problem, sir. Print it. And he hadn't actually seen the scene completed, mm. but he had such faith in his people, you know, camera and, mm. and mm. lights and sound and everything else. If they said it's okay, it's okay, you know. I made the mistake one day of rattling out a limerick, and apparently he was a limerick nut, and the next day he brought in a Bible of limericks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a big book. Yeah, yes, yeah. we were doing all these funny limericks. I do a limerick. Do you remember Richard Goulden, anyone? Richard Goulden used to play Mole in um, Wind in the Willows, in the West End every day. Every day, every year. Every day as well. <laughs> and he was in um, David Copperfield, which I did on telly uh -huh. 200 years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, it was, it was 200, black and white, live television. 56. Yes, 56, yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, live television had a wonderful gimmick. You're literally doing half an hour drama, maybe a bit longer, live. So if the lines are forgotten, <clears throat> you're in deep whatnot. Mm. We had a, a floor manager called Joan Craft who walked about with a training cable with a button on the end. So if she saw an actor go, <laughs> and the sweat go bing on her head, you know, you know he'd gone. The light, she would press the button, which cut broadcasting sound, right? She would then say, you tap out at you, give you the line, and you'd go, <laughs> yes. And all this is on screen the whole time, mm. but it happens like that. Yeah, yeah. She would then press the button again, and you could say, well, of course I'm going to be here tomorrow, or whatever the line was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fearsome. Yeah. I only saw it used once, actually. Um, but, I mean, what a gimmick. But I'm, I'm guessing rep experience was paid dividends there because you learnt play after play after play, and you, and you were aware of stage technique and whatever, so live TV was was, fearless. was terrifying. Oh, was ter okay. Oh. Terrifying. But you're a paratrooper, Bernie. You've, you've, you've had fear. Yeah, I know, but you know, we didn't have lines when you were jumping out of aeroplanes. Except, Mummy! <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that the other day. Someone was asking me about it. And there was a guy we had with us. We were jumping. This is back in 47. And um, you had one parachute in those days. didn't have a reserve. Um, and they were on what they called static lines, so you didn't pull anything yourself, you know. You jumped out and your weight straightened out the line, off you went and the chute developed and that was it. And we were jumping from the DC-3, the Dakota, which is a, a side door. So you'd jump out with your hand like that and jump straight out and the slipstream would turn you round very smartly, lift your legs up and you went off at that angle. 
until the, the cords were all nice and tight behind you, pop, out came the parachute. This guy, Aberdonian, Cockburn, I think was his name, Coburn, and he jumped out and somebody said, hang on, and his chute hadn't broken away. And he's going like that under the back of the plane, 700 feet up. So what they do is drop out a block and tackle and it comes down to you and you're there, you know, blue in the face and everything else and you hitch it onto your webbing and they wind you back in. <laughs> well, there's nowhere to go. I mean, you know, something... <laughs> the static line has got round the pack or something has happened and the disconnection hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. So you wind it wound back in and apparently he was brought straight down, the plane landed, a new chute was given to him, put him on, straight up, and he was the first out the door. <laughs> and he completed, he did his course, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay. And my very first experience in an aeroplane, you had what they called air experience, um, and before you started your jumping, you were still training on the ground. You went up and did a half hour, sort of round the houses, you know, just mm. to get used to the aircraft. And on the way down, the instructor, who was the most marvellous man, talk about a psychologist, a wonderful corporal, Jack Marlborough was his name, never forget him. And he said, do you want to see the wheels? I said, what do you mean? He said, the wheels when we hit the floor. I said, yeah, great, yeah. So I was lying down with my head out of the aircraft <laughs> and he was sitting on my feet <laughs> just to watch the wheels go, <laughs> you know, flames and smoke coming off. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 great fun. Yeah, well, we did our, what, eight jumps there and uh, got our wings, which was the all-important thing. And then very soon afterwards, we were whizzed off to Palestine for the last six months of the mandate there, yeah, yeah. which was um, not the happiest time. No. All no. going on. You didn't and know who was shooting at you. We've talked before. We're going to mention Doctor Who again, because obviously you did the film with Peter Cushion, but you came back for David Tennant and, and Russell T. Davis. Yeah. Heard about your... Uh, Palestine we were talking one yeah. day about yeah. me, Christmas Eve, 1947. I was 18, nearly 19, and um, I'd actually put my name down. There was a bus, or a truck rather, going to Bethlehem for midnight mass, and I put my name down for that. And then suddenly our platoon, which was IA platoon, immediate action, we got called out on a, a something was going on anyway, and I found myself on a roof in Haifa with an overcoat on, the big greatcoat, because it was very cold, bits of snow coming down, mm. and all sorts of rubbish flying about, you know, and boom, bang, all going on. And that was my Christmas Eve, and I was sort of laughing about it with Russell T. Davis. And lo and behold, when we were doing the scene with David Tennant up in the spaceship, and we're looking down at the Earth, and we come across the Mediterranean, and there's what is now Israel. And I said, oh, I was down there when I was a skinny young fellow in the army. To... And he'd remembered all that, and he actually put it in the script. Mm. Quite amazing. Mm. Yeah. Lovely writer, that man. Superb writer. Well, I mean, yeah. what he did to, to revive Doctor Who was sensational, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've got Who fans here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. And I think on the last day of shooting, you, they gave you a, a presentation with you and Peter Cushion and you and David Tennant. That's so right, The yes. longest-serving companion. Right? Yes. Because well, they, you are. <laughs> yeah, they gave me a composite picture. There was me and uh, Peter Cushing and a Dalek coming out of the Thames hmm. at Teddington, I think it was. And then further down was um, 
me with Tennant, David Tennant, and he said, Bernard Cribbins, the doctor's most faithful companion. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and again, and again, every Saturday, I remember we, you'd phone me or I'd phone you and I'd be in tears after the show because you, there would be some speech with you and Catherine Tate or, you know, some tear-jerking moment. But the best bit, I seem to remember, because I was so excited you were working with the Daleks again after all those years, um, uh, that you were bashing the Dalek around and, and uh, there was a bit cut, wasn't there? Didn't you have a, a, a lovely scene where you were smashing the hell out with a Dalek or something? No, no, I, I, I'd suggested also <clears throat> to, um, to Russell... I said, the Daleks have only got one eye. And I said, if we can block that out, then we can mm. do something with him, you see. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, well, if, if I got a paint gun, one of the paintball guns, you know, smack him in the eye, he won't be able to see. I know, and he put it in the script. <laughs> so we, we've got me and the, the woman playing my daughter, Jax. Um, and I said, there he is. And I produced his paint gun and I go, pop, smack. And you see this ball hit him there and the paint trickling down the eye, and then his voice says, my vision is not impaired. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in deep do, aren't I? <laughs> and I can't reload my paint gun, <clears throat> and he swings round and he's just going to kill me, and then he gets zapped by Billy Piper, who was behind him, with the most marvellous gun you've ever seen. That's right, yeah. And yes. then I put another gag in there, and I said, do you want to swap? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was an Australian dart at this time. It was an English dart. Oh, no, that's, that's a, no, no. We they're the hardest to, uh, ones to beat. Oh, yes, you'll be exterminated. But <laughs> <laughs> well, talking talk Australians, I mean, you, you come back for the Christmas special with uh, little Kylie Minogue, hadn't you? For that was the, that was your first yes, uh, return yes, to the show. Kylie so, Minogue, yes. Yeah, for Christmas two thousand and oh, gosh nine, I think. That, that was it. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. No, eight, I think. It was eight. It was. Yeah. Eight. Yes, Christmas of eight. Yeah. Yes, Voyage of the Damned. That mm -hmm. one was. Yeah. And all that sort of old soldier thing came about because. Um, he was, th this character, the news vendor, was forever referring to the Queen and the palace and all that. And I, I literally dressed myself, all those clothes were mine. And that red Aaron hat I had on, and mm. I said, can I put my parachute regiment badge in there, you see? And they said, yeah, by all means, you see, because he's saluting the Queen, he's still an old soldier. And uh, it tied in very well with the bit later on, you Absolutely. see. Yeah, yeah. You know, Russell is a great one for picking little bits out and then just making them seem important and, mm, you know, mm. polishing them up for you. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, writes, he writes truthful characters, so, so really good actors can get their teeth into those parts, can't they? And, and mm. the audience can identify with it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, mm. to, to make Billy Piper such an important character in that first series in 2005, you, know, yeah. you need to, to land it on Earth first and then you can go wild and crazy. I and, thought Billy was absolutely yeah, super fans, with that cheap, yeah, wonderful face. Yes, I was with her husband just recently on that... Um, Big VE day thing, uh -huh. uh, and I just—I I thought she might have been there. I'd love to have seen her again, but she's in America. It's been repeated again today, isn't it? That yes, thing? it's on yes, repeated yes. today, this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. So that was, me, that was me, quite a concert, yes. wasn't it? Oh my my goodness. Well, you were saying you were there. How long were you there? About ten hours all yeah. day. Yeah. God, yeah, hanging okay. about. But yeah. there was, we never stopped chatting, you know, because yeah. there were new people coming in all the time, you know, and people I hadn't seen for a long time. And Chaz and Dave coming up and saying how they were when they were kicking off my records were on the go and they said well oh, you had such an influence and all that so i sent them a couple of albums <laughs> i think i'm going to get a box set back i'm not sure <laughs> no, i mean i mean there's a, there's a, there's obviously was a band called right said fred wasn't there that, that came off the back of right said fred so, yeah i mean and uh, so they nicked it yes they, they did the they, title, they, yes. Yeah. and they they i think they did a song for 
Coral Relief or Children in Need and you, you pop up in the video for that. So yes. it's all, it's all yes. intertwined. Stick it out. Indeed. Stick yes, it out. Yes, it's it a, called, a yeah. classic of its kind. Stick <laughs> it out. Stick it out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I need to ask uh, some questions from the audience because I, I can wrap it on for, for weeks with Mr. Cribbins here, but I've got to be a little bit self-indulgent and talk about... Why have you suddenly called me Mr. Cribbins? Well, I mean, because, <laughs> I know, because I'm being polite. Is it true there's no money in this, then? No, 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 sorry. <laughs> Shh, the doors are locked, Bernie. You can't get out. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> You've got to talk your way out of this place. Right. Um, no, so let me be a little bit indulgent and talk about the carry-on films for a second, because that's a, a passion no, of mine. Right, I know, no, 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 come no, on, we've, right, all, then, we've yeah. all been there. Because um, they're rerunning the documentary we did last year uh, on ITV1 at the yeah. moment. It's on tomorrow night, I think, so... Check that out if you want to. Yes. 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 No repeat fees for us at all. Yes. Um, but uh, so, so you must have enjoyed doing the carry-ons because, I mean... I enjoyed the first team. one enormously. Yes. Okay. Um, Carry-on Jack. Because mm. uh, there was a lot of physical swinging about on ropes and all that, you know. Do your own stunts on those, you know. Um, which I enjoyed enormously. And uh, it was nice working with Julie Mills. I hadn't realised that she was three months pregnant when all that was going on. I only found out when we did this, you know, yeah. retrospective yeah. thing. Yeah, um, that was fun. Carry on spying, I didn't enjoy quite so much. Okay. Um, it was um, it was much more of a gang film, um, and a lot of running about. And I was shot in the face by a, a silly extra with a a gun. Yes. Which um, was not pleasant. No. Okay. And if I'd known that Peter Rogers had mentioned it in a book, I would have taken him to task. I really would. Mm. We were doing a scene where we were on a, a sort of a roller coaster type thing on the back, going not very quickly, and this guy rushes up. I'm at the back with Barbara, and I say, get down, and this guy is from here to the door, that's all. Blank pistol, bang, and he shot me in the face. And I don't know if you've seen blanks working, but they're, they are powder and a cardboard wad, and bits come at you, and I was peppered. On the face, you yeah. know. Nothing serious, but if it had hit you in the eye, you'd have been in trouble. And I complained about this. Oh, get him. Oh, what's wrong with him? Poor old puff and all that going on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't happen yeah. again. No, no. Very, very silly. But carry on, Jack. Let's talk about the nice one. Carry um, on, Jack. Carry on, Jack. Well, because carry on, Jack was, was because it was the first one in historical costume, wasn't it? And, yes. Um, and, and you were the lead in that. So, yeah. So um, it was a... A juicy part. Nelson's Navy sort of thing. Indeed, yeah. Yes. And also cast with a lot of good actors rather than comedy actors. It was Absolutely. Donald Houston and yes. those sort of people. It was, it, so. it was really not a carry-on at all. It was a very good comedy. Is that why you liked it so much? No, no, not no, at okay. all. No, I didn't know what I was getting into, you know. Uh, but it, um, Kenneth Williams, I think, said that it was more of a comedy than a carry-on. Mm. Wasn't quite as obvious and in your face all the time, you know. Yes, we had Donald Houston and... Cecil Parker. Yes, <coughs> Cecil Parker. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, he was the admiral, wasn't he? Mm, yes, yeah. Cecil Parker. Yeah. yeah. Percy Herbert. And there, was, there was a thing with... Uh, oh, Percy, yes, that's right, yes. There was a thing with Cecil Parker when he he and I... He was the admiral and I was this midshipman and we had a scene in the office, his office, um, and he's saying, yes, yeah, all right, Poop Decker, thank you, you can go now. And I said to Jerry Thomas, the director, um, who had everything cut and dried, and I didn't know this at the time, I said, when I get to the door, can I just, before I, I just do that and turn around and give him a silly smile. He said, no, as soon as your hand touches that doorknob, I've cut, you're outside and we're on. And he'd, he'd obviate, you know, cut out the bit yeah. about doors opening, going through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he said, as soon as you touch it, that's the edit, you know, and that's the way he prepared the script. Mm. Mm. And that's what made them cheap and 
fairly nasty. Indeed, well, <laughs> economical, I think, was what yes, Peter Rogers would call Indeed, them, but, no, uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's still, I mean, come on, how many, how many Karen fans do we have in the audience? At least three of us. No, there's more than that. I mean, they do stand six. up. Six. Yeah, six, thank you. Thank God for us. Uh, I still love them, anyway. Paid my mortgage. Anyway, um, so... Let's throw to the audience now. Any questions out there? Yes, it's and yes. Yeah, Bernard, um, any memories of working on the two Avengers episodes you've done, 1965, 1968? Vague ones, that's all. Yes, very vague. That was down at Elstree, I remember. Yeah. Um, I, know, I think I was working... What was I working on? It was... I'm sorry, my brain's going around in a circle now, saying Elstree, you know. Um, I know I was with Sid James, God bless him, and we'd gone across to the pub to have a drink and have some lunch there instead of the studio. And drink, Sib was having his gin and tonic or whatever. And um, Trevor Howard came in mm -hmm. and it was my shout. So I got that and I said, uh, what will you have? Uh, he said, yeah, um, tomato juice, please. And Sid said, that's the first time anybody ever bought Trevor Howard tomato juice or something, you know, because it was lunchtime and he wasn't going to drink because he got uh -huh. a lot of work to do, uh -huh. obviously, yeah, sensibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yes. that was, you were shooting um, <clears throat> Tommy the Torridor. Is that what it was? Yeah, Tommy with Tommy Steele. Yeah. So it was. I love that film. God. So it was, yes. That's Watch right. the birdie. Yes. I'm just thinking of Elstree, yes. Yeah. Watch the birdie, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. My first song and dance on film, that was, yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, that was. We got into a lot of silly things out in Seville, Tommy and I. We'd finished shooting one day and we were in a horse-drawn carriage going down the... Um, well, the main drag, you know, mm. big sort of wide streets, beautiful streets. And we still had makeup on, and Tommy was looking very glamorous with all his, you know, and people kept shouting, Maricon, Maricon! <laughs> and he was saying, we're not bloody Americans, what's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what they meant <laughs> until we found out that he was all forgetting out and having a fight. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't been around, seen Tommy for years. What's he doing? He's not working, is he? He's, I think, you know, he's, he did Scrooge in a year or two ago. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yes, he's, a year or two ago. Yeah, he popped that. up a bit. Yeah, he's haven't around. haven't seen him for years and years. Another very odd thing happened. Sid James was out there with Val, his missus, and one night we decided... Um, Sid had seen a, um, a poster saying boxing. So he said, after, we'll go out and have a meal. He said, because he's a great boxing fan, as was I. Um, and we go out and we had a lovely meal and lots of red wine and all that. And it was like half a crown and we got ringside seats and we're there with the ring like that. And they're knocking lumps off each other. And every time there was a break, Sid and I went off for a quick shh, you see. And by the end of the evening, the story was that I got in and beat up the chaplain. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally untrue. I couldn't have even, you know, bought my shoes or anything. It's ridiculous. Oh, dear. Yes, and that story went around and around. I know that Roger Hancock found that story from somewhere. <laughs> yes, obviously came from Sid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you worked with Sid on a film called Make Mine a Million as well, haven't I you? I did, yes. Arthur yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a daft thing, that, because it, it was something to do with soap, wasn't it? It's about TV commercials and soap. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and at one point, I'm supposed to drive an ambulance. And I didn't drive in those days. And Lance Comfort was the director. Uh -huh. And we've done a week on the film or whatever. He said, right, now this is where you... Uh, we've got the ambulance and the, you, you drive it in. I said, I don't drive. <coughs> what? You, do, you don't drive? He doesn't drive. It's like, you know, somebody should have told me, otherwise would he got another actor, you know, one of them. <laughs> and um, it finished up. We had an army ambulance, which weighs, what, five tons or something ridiculous. Mm. A railway sleeper there. 
and all the crew and everybody behind going, <laughs> trying to shove this thing with me going, pretending <laughs> <laughs> I can drive. Instead of giving it to Sid, who was sitting beside me, yeah. he could have driven it. You know. No, I didn't drive at all for years and years. No, why bother? <laughs> so any, any more, the Avengers is, is obviously, we've drawn a blank at the Avengers. Yeah. Um, no, the Avengers, so, no, no I, I don't remember too much about it because I was in and out like a yo-yo, you know. Quite quick. The one that um, stopped me if you heard it before, the, the one when you were painting eggs, weren't you, with the, the John Cleese one, uh, Linda Thornton episode. And what was the first one, Michael? The Martin. Oh, with, yes, yes, yes. With his phrase. Very good. Yes. Oh, God. yes, I remember that. Boy, upon us for that one. Was Linda Thornton in that one? She was in the one where you was the second one. Oh, right, yeah. okay, right. yes. Yeah. Was Dinah Rigg, wasn't it? This Fraser, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. ran a knitting class. She was, was Arkwright, president of the Arkwright Knitting Circle. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness, yes. That shows how impressed I was with it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Any more questions? Not about the Avengers. Yes. <laughs> yes, David, my, my brother-in-law. Um, do, do you, to go back to your, um, your boxing tale, do you have memories of uh, your boxing on the set of Forty Towers? Forty Towers? Mm. I arranged that fight at the end when I had to beat him up. Because oh. the director got the camera in the wrong place. I went, hang on. <laughs> I said, you've got to be right behind him so that when I come up and go bang, bang, bang like that, you don't see that coming, but you know, you get reaction and everything. Yeah. And then the knee and the cobblers, bang, down you go. <laughs> yes. No, I, I arranged all that. I loved all that, actually. But I had to ask Mr. Cleese, who was a very strong young man in those days, when he's got me at the, the table and I'm having lunch or whatever it was, <clears throat> and he's got me round the throat and gives yeah. me the chop. And we did the rehearsal, I mean, can you ease up on that, kid? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Smack! Behind the neck, yeah. Oh, Overacting he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd written it, I suppose he's allowed to. No, he's not allowed to do it with me. No, 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 no. You don't die in films. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a classic, the televisual feast. I love, I love that episode. Anyway. Um, my, one of my favourite bits in that was... Um, me in between them when they're talking across me, Polly and, and John, and you know, and at one point I turn that way, but I'm still going that way, and it, it, it looks like my neck's going to come off. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I love it, love it. Any more questions? Yes. Okay. It was a request rather than a question. No, I can't. <laughs> Just a couple of uh, vocalisations of like maybe Orinoco in Bulgaria. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> we all were asked the same question, really, but we're just too embarrassed to do it, that's all. Like, I'm nearly 50, by the way. <laughs> this is one of the lovely things I always say about the Wombles. People who are nearly 50 remember them or because of their children or whatever it is, you know. And I call it long-term, long long-range applause. And people, you know, want to be reminded of it. So let me see now. Yes. Oh, well, I think I'll just... <laughs> what was that laughing then? <laughs> I think I'll just go and have 40 winks. <laughs> yes. Uncle Bob Gary, there's a lot of white stuff in this glass. <laughs> Can you help me? Oh, yes, well, Orinoco, that is, um, <clears throat> it's neat vodka, so... <laughs> you, you, need, you needn't uh, worry yourself about that, I... Yes, yes, yes. 
I might try it again just to make sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Follow that. I, I always okay. reckon that Madame Chalet and Bulgaria were having a laugh, you know. Monsieur Bulgaria, I've got a very nice... I know, I know. I know you mean... Well, supper, yes, of course, Madame Chalet. <laughs> not not Tomsk. No, Tomsk, no. Tomsk was very odd, actually. Tomsk was the big lumpy one who used to lift things, the big strong one. And he was, he, he was just sort of a bit slow like that. I, I can pick it up, let me do it, that's it, right. There we are. Yes. And I'd done about, I don't know, 50 episodes or something. And I used to listen to the previous episodes when I was setting up the current ones. Um, and I found that he sort of regressed. He got it all over. <laughs> and I, I had to do something about him. And over the next two or three, I brought him back to life as it were, because he had become a total moron. <laughs> awful. It was awful. I actually finished, finished doing that series of Wombles um, in Australia, in Sydney. I was, um, I'd been doing them over here, obviously, and then I went to Melbourne to do a play and there were four episodes still to be shot and Clutterbuck, Mr Clutterbuck, the um, producer, his nephew was working in a sound studio in Sydney and he arranged for me to go down there, shoot the last four and that was it. And I was working at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne. I'd done two shows that day. I also had a touch of the flu, uh, which is called The Wog in Australia. Yes, oh, he's got the walk. Yeah, and uh, so the next morning, up early, in the plane, fly to Sydney, shoot four episodes of The Wombles, back in the plane, back to bed with the thermometer, you know. <coughs> yes, God. very strange. But I think they were all right, yeah. anyway. No, they were, they were great it. fun to do them, I must say. And you did Busby as well, and Tufty, the Tufty Club, which was part of my Oh, I, yes, I'd forgotten yeah, him, yeah, yes. Yeah. Squirrel. Uh, you and Oliver Post I nearly shot one voices. today, actually. It was in the go and I was <laughs> oh, going to no. mail it. No, no, grey squirrel, get rid of them. Oh, OK. <laughs> Menace. They carry squirrel pox and all sorts, yes. Tucked it was a red squirrel, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. proper red squirrel. Proper squirrel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> proper British squirrel, yes. Not down bloody American things, isn't it? Yeah. Any more questions? We're running out of time, but any more questions? I saw some hands up before, but they now seem to have gone. Yes, gentlemen, right at the back there. Right, can I ask a question? Question, yeah. When do we get the money? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> next year, Bernie, next Good year. Good man. Okay, go. <laughs> yes, go on, please. Um, another children's programme. Do you have any memories of working with John Pertwee in an episode of Words and Gummy in the 80s? Yes, sort of, yes. I, I know we, were, we, did, we shot those scenes in Stockbridge down in Hampshire. Uh, lovely sunny weather. Um, and Barbara Windsor was in that, wasn't she, as well? Yes. She was uh, Daisy May, the whatever, the figurehead or whatever she was. I can't thing, remember, yeah. 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 The thing I remember particularly about that, apart from, you know, being rather silly with John and everybody, um, was the fact that there's a part of the River Test runs under the main street there, and there were some beautiful rainbow trout in this water. <laughs> I'm a fisherman, you see, and I've seen these, so I, I get some bread and I'm dropping bits of under taking that. I came back after lunch and the prop men had seen all this and they'd done no more than got some fishing line and a hook and some bread and they pulled in a couple of trout. They were very good. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Very nice trout. It's all about the fishing, you see. The work doesn't matter. It's the, it's the fishing. That well, it's sort of extra, isn't it? It's that? extra yeah. bump. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. I've got, I'm, I'm, your career is so 
amazing and, and, and important to me that I've, I've got so many things I want to talk about, but we're running out of time. But I want to talk about uh, Dangerous Davis, The Last Detective, which yeah. is one of my favourite things you've ever done, which uh, which has been revived with Peter Davison uh, the last 10 years or so. Yes, but you that did the was a mistake, that was. Version. Was it a mistake? Peter Davidson. Oh, was sorry, yeah. sorry, no, no, I was going to say, no, yours was, yours was great. But um, Val, Val Guest directed that, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. memories of that, because it's um, a yes. fabulous piece. If you've not yeah. seen it, try and find it on, on video, it's yeah. wonderful. It was a good one, yeah. yeah. Yes, and Joss Ackland, isn't it? Yeah. And Colin Baker and Patsy yeah. Rollins. And, yeah. yeah, and a huge dog. Mm. <clears throat> I got a lovely picture of me and the dog in that open-top touring wagon of mine, and Eamon Andrews, because they had me done up as dangerous when they did This Is Your Life for me, uh-huh. which I sort of knew was going to happen. I had to act it, you know. Yeah. Ronnie Fraser, bless him, was done up as a policeman. So I'm coming down the road in this car with the dog and uh, policeman. I said, hello, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't take it terribly seriously, as you can imagine. <laughs> so was there no um, thought of a second or third of those? Cause it's, it's the there was, there was the, an the, idea to yeah. do another one, but oh, it, it just didn't happen oh, at okay. all. Okay. I don't know if they didn't have enough success with the first one or whatever it was. I remember so. it going out sort of New Year's Eve about 81 or something and, and it was one of those, like, like a, 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 a pre-Morse, that sort of two-hour great detective thing for a Sunday night. And, yeah. And I, I could have watched that for it was very well 20 done, years, really. Very well. No, it was brilliant. Well, so yeah. rent it, it's very good, or buy it. Um, yeah. Any more questions out there? We're running a very short time there. Yes. Oh, Sophie. The highlight of my career, my next job. (laughs) One of the things uh, I always say I would love to do again, but I can't because it's so much later in my life now, was Guys and Dolls, which I did at the National Theatre. And that um, was one of the best companies I've ever been with. And I said it was like being back in the Paris because everybody was pointing the same way. Nobody was messing about and it was a wonderful production, fantastic show, great story, great music, great lyrics, and a wonderful cast, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was a very, very happy period in my life. Excellent. I remember I was talking with the driver going up today, going home from that one night, I'm, I got a fairly new Mercedes at the time, 280, which was rather splendid. And I'm going home, down the A3, and it's like 11 o'clock at night, nothing on the road, and I'm giving it plenty of that in the car. Daddy. I look down, 110. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't believe it. Sheer joie de vivre. Would you, would you say theatre is your, your, your favourite thing to do then? Or? I think it is, yes. yes. That's probably what's held up my TV and film career, mm-hmm. just because I would uh, get into a show and do a whole year. I mean, did a year with Elaine Page in Anything Goes. and. Um, and Run for Your Wife, you originally Run for Your Wife, with well, well, we opened you, the Theatre yeah. of Comedy with that, yeah. Dickie and I. Yeah. And, uh, and I've done that twice in Australia, that mm. piece. Um, no, one of the funniest plays written this century, I think. Terrific play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, the theatre has been, I mean, that's where I began, and that's um, a great love of my so life. So, any, any, any outstanding ambitions? Any you would regret not doing more Shakespeare, for example? Or... No, not particularly. <coughs> no. No, because it's very hard to get gags into Shakespeare. <laughs> They're in there somewhere. You've got to look for I, them. I, the very first thing I did in the West End was Comedy of Errors, mm. which we did at the Arts Theatre, a musical version with music by Julian Slade. Yeah. And that was really very, very good. 
Um, Pat Routledge was in it, uh, Freddie Yeager, Jane Wenham, a lot of very good people indeed. And talking about get, putting gags in, I was playing twins, the twin servants, two idiots. One was all like that, a bit like that, and the other one was, <laughs> oh, well, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> that was it. That was my... The hat was on the back of the head for the leery one and down there for the simple one. Uh, and that's the only difference you could see, and mm. it worked. Mm. And there's one bit where I'm coming on saying, um, you're, you're, uh, my master's just... Whatever. And as I came on, I tripped. I went, oop, oh, yes, and went on, played the scene, and going off, tripped again, you see. And then I come on again... And, and trip again, very cross with myself, play the scene again, and I'm going back to the trip point and stopped and looked at the audience and said, oh, no, not this time. <laughs> Stepped over it and walked straight in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, that used to get a belt. And, and, and people saying, it's Shakespeare. <laughs> He's the clown, you know, you can do it. Yeah, of but, course, yeah. But yeah. though I say it myself, it was a beautiful gag and I never did it wrong once. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, I loved it. Fantastic. Yeah. I think we're running out of time. I'm so sorry. There's any more questions and we could squeeze one more in, possibly, but I've got a contract here that ends in two minutes, okay? <laughs> Seriously, I, I get charged if I go over. No, okay. Well, we've got to say, please thank Mr. Bernard Cribbins. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you um, so much. I think you've been most attentive and lovely questions, and I've enjoyed it enormously just rambling through, trying to remember everybody's name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time since 1943. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much indeed. I think the campaign starts now to get you a knighthood, actually. That's what we're <laughs> next. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Uh, a bit of housekeeping. The next show is um, with Christopher Beanie, who you remember from lots of sitcoms like Last Summer Wine and In Love and Memory and also Upstairs Downstairs and The Grove Family. So lots of great TV stories from Chris. Uh, just remains to me to say thank you so much for being here. And, um, but once more, please, Mr. Bernard Crimmins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded live in front of an audience at the Museum of Comedy, Bloomsbury, London. Museumofcomedy.com. <laughs>